The Coast Guard reveals that the Titanic submersible imploded and all aboard are dead. And the Navy knew days ago. A whistleblower interview suggests Joe Biden's direct involvement in Hunter's corrupt schemes. And Donald Trump calls Ron DeSantis a loser. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Privacy is a right, not a privilege. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So as suspected, the Titanic submersible, it was not at the bottom of the ocean filled with air. It wasn't sort of a horror movie in which everybody was knocking on the walls, hoping desperately that somebody would save them. It wasn't people in a, in a small chamber waiting and running out of time. Instead, it turns out that days ago, essentially, the Titanic submersible known as Titan, that it essentially imploded as soon as the water pressure got to be too much and everybody died instantly. This at least is according to the Coast Guard. Yesterday afternoon, they revealed that they had found a bunch of debris on the floor near the Titanic site. And um, apparently, again, there was essentially no long period of survival. As soon as it hit beyond the water pressure that the Titan was capable of, of withholding, it just imploded. It, it, it basically got crushed like a can. Here's the Coast Guard Admiral John Malgar confirming a catastrophic loss of pressure chamber. This morning, an ROV, a remote-operated vehicle, from the vessel Horizon Arctic discovered the tail cone of the Titan submersible approximately 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic on the seafloor. The ROV subsequently found additional debris. In consultation with experts from within the Unified Command, the debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. Upon this determination, we immediately notified the families. Well, as it turns out, the Navy knew full well that this chamber had imploded almost immediately. According to the Wall Street Journal, a top-secret military acoustic detection system designed to spot enemy submarines first heard what the U.S. Navy suspected was the Titan implosion hours after the submersible began its voyage on Sunday. So we were all waiting around until Thursday, including the families. Obviously, our hearts go out to them. They were waiting around for days, thinking that it was possible that their family members were still alive on the ocean floor waiting for rescue. According to the Wall Street Journal, the Navy began listening for the Titan almost as soon as the sub lost communications. According to a U.S. defense official, shortly after the submersible's disappearance on Sunday, the U.S. system detected what it suspected was the sound of an implosion near the debris site discovered on Thursday and reported its findings to the Coast Guard commander on site. The Navy couldn't definitively say the sound came from the Titan, but the discovery played a role in narrowing the scope of the search for the vessel before its debris was discovered on Thursday, according to officials. A senior U.S. Navy official told the Wall Street Journal, U.S. Navy conducted an analysis of acoustic data and detected an anomaly consistent with an implosion or explosion in the general vicinity of where the Titan submersible was operating when communications were lost. While not definitive, this information was immediately shared with the incident commander to assist with the ongoing search and rescue mission. Now, this is exactly what James Cameron had suggested. He, of course, the director of Titanic, who spent an awful lot of time in this area and, and knows a fair bit, actually, about sending submersibles down to the ocean floor. Here is James Cameron explaining that he knew pretty much right away that the Titan had essentially imploded. It's just, it's just tra- tragic and it's horrific and it's unnecessary. Uh, you know, there are acoustic networks around. Some are research, some are, some are intelligence um, we got confirmation within an hour that there had been a loud bang at the same time that the sub was, that comms were lost. A loud bang on the hydrophones, loss of transducer or transponder, loss of comms. I knew what happened. Sub imploded. I, I sent emails to everybody I know. I said, we've lost some friends. The sub has imploded. It's on the bottom in pieces right now. I sent that out Monday morning. So James Cameron knew. So the question is, again, now you wonder why there's institutional distrust again. This is why people come up with conspiracy theories. It's why there's institutional distrust. Why is it that James Cameron knew that Monday morning? Why is it that the Navy knew this almost immediately? And then we went through this five-day rigmarole of not only deploying enormous resources to the area, which is fine. I mean, even even if it's a recovery mission, deploying resources is fine. But why is it that we are led on this sort of media speculative wild goose chase where maybe they're still alive at the bottom of the ocean in in some sort of some sort of Jason Blum film. Like what, what, why why weren't we noti- why wasn't the public notified of the significant possibility indeed high probability 
that everybody aboard was dead and killed almost instantly at the very beginning of all of this. This, of course, leads to enormous speculation. This always happens when there is lack of transparency from our institutions, when they know something you don't, and they clearly knew, like days in advance this was happening, this leads people into speculating about, well, maybe they were holding the story and they wanted the story to build up because they were covering something else up. There's a lot of speculation online last night, at least on the right side of the aisle, that the reason that the Biden administration didn't reveal any of this information was because was not because they wanted to confirm or because it would have been important if they actually notified anybody that, that this stuff was happening. The reason that they did that was to essentially misdirect away from all the attention that should be put on the Hunter Biden scandal, which we'll get to in just a second, because there actually is some pretty astonishing breaking news in the Hunter Biden scandal. Whistleblower interviews have now been released. And what's present in those whistleblower interviews is absolutely amazing. I mean, it's shocking, amazing, like smoking gun type stuff that not only requires full investigation, but may require impeachment of the president of the United States if it turns out that it is true. And so a lot of people are like, well, maybe the reason that they were holding the fact on the submersible imploding for five days is so that everybody would be distracted all week with this story. Now, again, I, I always use Hanlon's razor, a tribute to human stupidity, virtually everything, because people are stupid and incompetent as a general rule. Malice is generally not the rationale for, for this sort of stuff. But I certainly understand why people are suspicious. And again, when you wonder why people are now suspicious of our institutions, it's because of stuff like this. They don't see the necessity for hiding this sort of material from the public. And, and again, you want to destroy institutional trust. This is precisely how you do it. So it's a tragedy. It's a terrible story. The, I guess the only saving grace here is that at least the people who were killed were killed instantly. They weren't suffering for days on end waiting to suffocate to death. But that's, that is cold comfort, obviously, to the families. Okay, in just one second, we'll get to the breaking news in the whistleblower case regarding Hunter Biden. It is amazing, amazing stuff. First, it takes a special kind of company to want to partner with this show. Yeah, because obviously we say a lot of controversial things on this show. There are a lot of companies that are very afraid of that. The ESG, DEI companies, they're very afraid of that sort of stuff. Well, one of the companies that is happy and proud to partner with us is Pure Talk, which is one of the reasons why we are proud to partner with them. It's not just because they're like-minded politically, but it's also because they are a great company. We made them the official wireless partner of The Daily Wire because their coverage is premium. Pure Talk is the most dependable 5G network in the United States. I use it myself. They, say, they share a tower network with one of the big guys. Mix and match your plans to fit every person in your family. Choose from talk, text, and 5G data for just 20 bucks a month, all the way up to unlimited data with mobile hotspot for 55 bucks a month. Remember, you vote with how you spend your cash. So stop supporting the woke wireless companies that actually dislike you very strongly and switch on over to Pure Talk today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Save an additional 50% off your very first month. That is puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Pure Talk is wireless for Americans by Americans. Go check them out right now. I use them for all of my own business phone calls. You should do the same. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's say you were a duke of an intergalactic house and one day your emperor decided to give you an additional desert planet to rule. Well, you'd probably think that sounds like an amazing gift. Wrong you are. Because that same emperor decided to blindside you and murder you in your sleep. Pretty sure Duke Leto really wished he had some life insurance the moment that hunter-seeker pierced his body. No one likes to talk about life insurance, but it's incredibly important and you need to include it in your financial planning this year. Start shopping now with Policy Genius. Find the right policy to protect your family today. Give yourself the peace of mind that comes with knowing that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover all their expenses while getting back on their feet. Policy Genius's technology makes comparing life insurance quotes from America's top insurers easy. Just a few clicks. You already have a life insurance policy through work, but that might not be enough. And if you move jobs, then it doesn't follow you. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies starting at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. When they make it this easy, there really is not an excuse not to do it. Save time, money, provide your family with financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so we were told that the Hunter Biden whistleblower story was a big nothing. It was a big nothing burger that, that James Comer, the congressperson who was leading the investigation, the House Oversight Committee investigation on Hunter Biden, he had exaggerated the case that when he was talking about the whistleblowers who had come forward to allege mishandling of the Hunter Biden investigation by the DOJ and the FBI, or when he suggested that there's some really serious material in the whistleblower investigation, that, that this clearly was him exaggerating in a politicized attempt to get Joe Biden. After all, what did Hunter have to do with Joe? I mean, this has been Joe's shtick from the beginning. Hunter was bag man for the Biden family. I mean, he was going around, he was picking up giant bags of cash, he was traveling on Air Force Two while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States and making deals with China. He was going over to Ukraine and he was becoming 
a member of the board of a Ukrainian energy company, knowing nothing about Ukraine and nothing about energy, but having the last name Biden. He's picking up these bags of cash. They had a series of shell companies, a very complex series of shell companies. And the idea is that this was all news to Joe. Joe knew nothing about it. In fact, if you flash back to 2020, Joe Biden suggested that he had never even talked with Hunter about his business dealings. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you know? Look, here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the uh, presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it, said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. OK, so he's angry, very, very angry. How dare you insinuate that Joe Biden had anything to do with his son Hunter's business? Well, um, he probably had something to do with his son Hunter's business, at least according to these whistleblower allegations. So the whistleblower allegations cover a variety of shocking revelations. One is the DOJ and the FBI basically cramming down a plea deal on the IRS that allowed Hunter Biden to get away with a slap on the wrist for tax evasion. So there's that. And then there is the significantly, I think, more damaging situation, which is that Joe Hunter Biden literally sent a WhatsApp to somebody suggesting that Joe Biden was in the room when he was shaking down a Chinese foreign company for cash. That's in the whistleblower allegations. The Wall Street Journal reports today, House Republicans on Thursday released transcripts of interviews in which IRS employees allege that the Justice Department hindered the criminal investigation into the president's son, Hunter Biden, just days after a plea agreement was announced in his case. The transcripts detailed alleged tensions among IRS agents and the federal prosecutors in the five-year investigation into the younger Biden with claims that DOJ officials stymied and slow-walked attempts to charge him with multiple felonies in the interviews. Two IRS employees shared their perspective on behind-the-scenes government discussions about how to handle the case and alleged that they suffered retaliation for raising concerns internally. The records released by the House Ways and Means Committee don't include statements from top IRS officials or prosecutors. The interviews were conducted behind closed doors by committee staff members of both parties. In a statement, the IRS said it could not comment on matters regarding individual taxpayers, and the agency said it had referred employees' allegations for whistleblowing to its inspector general. The interview transcripts also featured allegations that the DOJ interfered with the U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, who was appointed by former President Trump. He's the one who cut the deal with Hunter Biden. A spokeswoman for Weiss declined to comment on the transcripts on Thursday. And um, then on June 7th, he put in a letter, quote, throughout my tenure as U.S. attorney, my decisions have been made. And with respect to the matter must be made without reference to political considerations. A Justice Department spokesperson emphasized statements from both Weiss and Attorney General Merrick Garland about the U.S. attorney's sweeping authority to direct the investigation and bring charges against hunters. The idea is that David Weiss did this on his own, that there was no pressure from his higher ups. But that is not what these whistleblowers are saying. The IRS criminal supervisory agent Gary Shapley told committee staff members the investigation into Hunter Biden was unlike any he had experienced in his 14 year career at the tax agency. His testimony on May 26th centered on Weiss. According to the more than 200-page interview transcript, Shapley alleged Weiss was denied special counsel status in the course of the investigation, that DOJ officials blocked his efforts to bring charges against Hunter Biden in both Washington, D.C. and in California. Shapley said some of the decisions seemed to be influenced by politics. But whatever the motivations, at every stage, decisions were made that had the effect of benefiting the subject of the investigation. The House Ways and Means Committee voted along party lines Thursday to release the transcripts of interviews with Shapley and another IRS employee who worked for Shapley who gave anonymous closed-door testimony. And um, Jason Smith, who is the committee chairman, he explained exactly what was going on here yesterday. Not one, but two IRS employees are blowing the whistle with evidence that the federal government is not treating taxpayers equally when enforcing tax laws. The whistleblowers were working on an investigation into Hunter Biden that opened in November of 2018 as an offshoot of a separate corporate investigation by the IRS. Let me emphasize, this was an investigation in the ordinary course of work at the IRS. It was not ordered by any individual, any chairman, or any political entity. The testimony we released today shows the IRS recommended charges against Hunter Biden that included attempt to evade or defeat tax, a felony, 
fraud or false statements a felony and willful failure to file returns, supply information, or pay tax. So what exactly are the stunning revelations here? So again, the idea here is that the DOJ was impacted by Attorney General Merrick Garland and David Weiss was told, according to the whistleblowers, to basically stand down. And there are multiple allegations to that effect. The most significant allegation, however, is not really about that. The most significant allegation is that there is a WhatsApp message that's actually included in the records here in which Hunter Biden is openly telling people at a Chinese company that they need to pay him money. And in which, in this message, Hunter Biden literally says, my dad is sitting next to me and he wants you to pay the money. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, we'll get to that momentarily. First, are you tired of feeling uncomfortable in your underwear and loungewear, especially during those scorching summer months? Well, I have the best underwear and loungewear available on planet Earth for you. Those are Tommy John underwear. Their loungewear is also great. How do I know they're so great? Because I wear them all the time. In fact, Tommy John underwear are gracing this magnificent tuchus right at this moment. When you wear Tommy John, you're so much more comfortable. You can do everything better. Their underwear has dozens of comfort innovations like breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands and keep you seven degrees cooler than cotton. It's incredibly durable. You can wash Tommy John underwear over and over and over again. Remains incredibly comfortable, incredibly durable. Tommy John's also sells loungewear with a level of softness that I've never felt before. It is incredibly luxurious. It's the small things in life that make you feel rich. And Tommy John is the kind of thing that makes you feel rich. Shop Tommy John's summer collection. Get 20% off your first purchase at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's 20% off at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. After you get Tommy John, you'll do the same thing I do. You'll take all of your other underwear and you'll basically throw them out because they're just not as good. TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. Get 20% off right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. We're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. Okay, so here's some of the revelations that Jason Smith, who again is chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, exposed yesterday. He says the whistleblowers exposed how the DOJ established a pattern of delaying, divulging and denying the Hunter Biden investigation. And nearly every turn, officials chose protecting the powerful over exposing the truth to the American people. Attorney General Garland promised the American people in public testimony that the prosecutor handling Hunter Biden's case, David Weiss, could bring charges against Hunter Biden outside of Delaware. But whistleblower testimony shows Garland's testimony was inaccurate. For almost a year, IRS investigators and Weiss tried to advance the investigation, including bringing charges against Hunter Biden. Every time he was denied by a Biden DOJ employee. So in March 2022, apparently there's an attempt to bring charges against Hunter Biden in D.C. Denied. In spring 2022, the, the counsel in this case, David Weiss, he sought special counsel status from the DOJ, which would give him independence to charge wherever. Denied. In January of 2023, they attempted to bring charges in the Central District of California. Denied. According to Jason Smith, whistleblowers described the investigation intentionally dragging on after Joe Biden became the Democrat nominee for president. According to one of the whistleblowers, quote, by June 2020, those same career officials were already delaying overt investigative actions. This was well before the typical 60 to 90 day period when the DOJ would historically stand down before an election. It was apparent the DOJ was purposely slow walking investigative actions in the matter. So, again, there's this kind of generalized rule to DOJ that 60 to 90 days out from an election, you don't announce big things because it, it could impact the election. But the allegation is that they started doing this because they saw Joe Biden was the nominee like a year in advance. Jason Smith says the same month, well before the 2020 election, the two whistleblowers and their investigative team had a call with the IRS chain of command to call out the slow pace of the investigation. Quote, on June 16th, 2020, a special agent had a call with the chain of command up to the director of field operations. I pointed out that if normal procedures had already been followed, we would have executed search warrants, conducted interviews and served documents requests. Nevertheless, my IRS chain of command decided we would defer to the DOJ. And here is where things get unbelievably dicey. In August 2020, a search warrant uncovered a text between Hunter and Henry Zhao. 
Henry Zhao is an executive at a Chinese company that paid Hunter $100,000. Here is the text. Okay, to Henry Zhao from Hunter Biden, who's on WhatsApp. Quote, I am sitting here with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment has not made, has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And G, if I get a call and Z, if I get a Z would be Zhao. If I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. What? So, uh, what? Again, just to make clear, that is a direct text from Hunter Biden to a guy named Henry Zhao, who's an executive at a Chinese company, a Chinese foreign company that paid Hunter a bunch of money. And Hunter is saying, my daddy is sitting next to me. And if you do not give me the money, my daddy and his friends will make it very, very uncomfortable for you. Okay, that's crazy. And by the way, there's confirmation that Hunter was in fact with his dad that day. According to the Washington Free Beacon, Photographs on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop place him at his father's Wilmington, Delaware residence on the day he invoked Joe Biden's name in a text message, threatening his Chinese business partner to come down on him with their full weight if the business partner did not fulfill his quote unquote commitment. In that message, Hunter said he was sitting next to his father. Apparently, that same day, hours after the message was sent, Hunter Biden was pictured at his dad's home, sitting behind the wheel of the president's beloved 1967 Corvette Stingray with family members. Shapley, the whistleblower, did not provide evidence that Biden was, in fact, in the room with his son, but the timing indicates that they were in the same exact place. Four photographs on the hard drive of Hunter Biden's laptop show him posing behind the wheel of Joe Biden's 1967 Corvette Stingray at 6.49 p.m., July 30th, 2017. GPS metadata embedded in the photos shows they were taken in close proximity with Joe Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. So um, remember that time, like, I don't know, seven, eight minutes ago? When I played a clip of Joe Biden saying he had never discussed business with his son ever, ever. How dare you? Donald Trump is the corrupt one. Yeah, dude. Uh, there is a text from your son to a foreign company saying you are sitting next to him and shaking him down for money. So, yeah, um, I have questions. As the Free Beacon points out, if Joe Biden was sitting next to his son as he sent the message, it would be a fatal blow to the president's repeated claims he never discussed overseas business deals with his son. And the photographs of Hunter Biden at what appears to be a family gathering at the Delaware home is the strongest indication that they were in the same place at the same time. I mean, that is that is insane. I'm not sure which is stupider, this shakedown attempt or the fact that Hunter Biden is such a moron that he wrote it down in a text message. And as I've said 1000 times, I've said it in the context of Donald Trump. I've said it in the context of Hunter and Joe Biden. First rule of lawyering, guys, don't put stuff in writing. But apparently everyone's a moron. According to Jason Smith, texts like these made it clear to IRS investigators they needed to conduct a search of Joe Biden's guest house where Hunter was living. Investigators were then told, there is no way we will get it approved. So the IRS investigator was like, oh, maybe we should search his house. Like, nope, we're not going to search his house. Again, DOJ denied investigators' request to question Hunter's adult children who are suspected to have relevant information because, quote, it will get us into hot water if we interview the president's grandchildren. More on this in just one second. First, as you know, baby... Shapiro, number four, baby boy Shapiro. He came into the world just a few weeks ago and sleep is very, very difficult to come by. He is a delightful young child. Also, kids at this age, they don't sleep well. And he's got his nights and his days reversed. And man, oh man, we need our sleep. Well, this is why we rely so strongly on Bull and Branch. I rely on Bull and Branch. Once my head hits that pillow, I have to fall asleep within seconds. Bull and Branch makes it happen. Bull and Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on earth. They feel buttery to the touch. They're super breathable. So they're perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their signature hemp sheets were made with luxurious threads. They're made without pesticides, formaldehyde, other harsh chemicals. Best of all, Bull and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. By the way, they don't just do sheets. I got to say, they, they have an, uh, a blanket, like an Afghan, that I love so much that I literally bring it on the road with me. It is just that comfortable. Bull & Branch product is amazing. Get a better night's sleep with Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code Shapiro today at bullandbranch.com. That's bullandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code Shapiro. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's bullandbranch.com. Promo code Shapiro. And you get 15% off that very first order. Okay, so Jason Smith, the House Ways and Means committee chairman. He continues. He says, investigators wanted to question Hunter's associates, including about an email referencing 10 held for H for the big guy, right? That's the famous email on Hunter Biden's laptop talking about holding 10% of some sort of deal for quote unquote, the big guy. An assistant U.S. attorney stated she did not want to ask questions about the big guy or dad, despite multiple objections. Quote, Weiss was in and out for the rest of the meeting, David Weiss being the prosecutor, but it went downhill from there. 
We shared with, with prosecutors our outline to interview Hunter Biden's associate, Rob Walker. Among other things, we wanted to question Walker about an email that said 10 held by H for the big guy. We had obvious questions like who was H, who was the big guy, and why this percentage was to be held separately with the association hidden. But AUSA Wolf interjected and said she did not want to ask about the big guy and stated she did not want to ask questions about dad. When multiple people in the room spoke up and objected, we had to ask. She responded, there's no specific criminality to that line of questioning. So there's no specific criminality to Hunter Biden holding a percentage in abeyance for his father. You're not going to, nothing will arise from that. Criminally speaking, how about violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which was used against Paul Manafort? How about that? After the November 2020 election, according to Jason Smith, IRS agents scheduled a day of action to conduct interviews on December 8th, 2020. Investigators were told not to ask about Joe Biden. In fact, the night before the interviews, the FBI actually went to the Biden transition team and told them we're going to interview you, which gives them the opportunity to, of course, create out of whole cloth a defense. After the interviews, Investigators learned of a storage unit controlled by Hunter. They debated getting a search warrant for the unit. Once again, the DOJ divulged the sensitive details to the Biden camp, this time to Hunter's lawyers. Quote, no sooner had we gotten off the call, we heard AUSA Wolf had simply reached out to Hunter Biden's defense counsel and told him about the storage unit, once again, ruining our chance to get to evidence before it was destroyed, manipulated, or concealed. Once the whistleblowers came forward to expose the pattern of slow walking the Hunter Biden tax investigation, the whistleblowers say they were then retaliated against. They say that they and their entire team were removed from their investigation at the behest of the Biden DOJ. So these are very serious allegations. I mean, we need congressional testimony immediately from AUSA Wolf. We need congressional testimony from Attorney General Merrick Garland. We need congressional testimony from David Weiss. We need congressional testimony from everyone involved in all of this. And we do need a legal investigation into, in deep fashion, whether Joe Biden has ever received money from his son Hunter's business dealings in corrupt fashion. I mean, this is amazing, amazing stuff. Not only that, by the way, among other elements of the testimony, apparently Joe Biden was scheduled. Basically, Hunter would, would have Joe walk through meetings with foreign officials just so that he could remind them, you know who my dad is. Rob Walker, for example, said that the he, he said that that he did not believe that that Joe was part of anything we were doing. But it was clearly valuable, according to the whistleblower, for the investigators to ask about Hunter Biden's dad. Walker went on to describe an instance in which the former VP showed up at a CEFC meeting. CEFC is a Chinese company that was handing bags of cash to, to Joe Biden's son. Walker said, we were at the Four Seasons, we were having lunch, and he stopped in just to say hello to everybody. I don't even think he drank water. I think Hunter Biden said, I may be trying to start a company or try to do something with these guys, and could you? And I think he was like, if I'm around, and he showed up. The FBI agent said, so you definitely got the feeling that was orchestrated by Hunter to have an appearance by his dad at that meeting just to kind of bolster your chances at making a deal work out. And Walker answered, sure. The FBI agent continued at any times when he was in office. Did you hear Hunter say he was setting up a meeting with his dad with them while dad was still in office? Walker answered, yes. I mean, this is insane. The newly released transcripts, as Byron York points out, chief political correspondent for the Washington Examiner, show that the IRS wanted felony charges against Hunter Biden and they were stymied. Apparently, the report, the IRS report includes itemized elements of each violation for each year above it that I couldn't provide because of grand jury material. It recommended felony tax evasion charges for tax years 2014, 2018, 2019. And uh, they made the decision they were going to move forward with felony charges 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, felony counts 2014, 2018. That was the decision made at the time. And then it was stopped dead. Quote, in January of this year, I learned U.S. Attorney Estrada had decided to bring the charges in the Central District of California. For all intents and purposes, the case was dead, with the exception of one gun charge that could be brought in Delaware. And yet, when Senator Chuck Grassley asked A.G. Garland about the case on March 1st, 2023, Garland testified, quote, the U.S. attorney had been advised he has full authority to make those referrals you're talking about or to bring cases in other districts if he needs to do that. I don't have any firsthand information, says the whistleblower, into why Garland said that. But to all of us who have been in the October 7th meeting with David Weiss, where he was basically told, don't do any of this, this was clearly false testimony. I mean, this is amazing, amazing stuff. And by, by the way, I mean, if you look at, at Hunter Biden's activities here, they're absolutely criminal. I mean, just put aside the Joe Biden of it. They're certainly more criminal than the stuff he got charged with. According to the New York Post, Hunter Biden illegally deducted tens of thousands of dollars in payments made to a prostitute and sex club from his taxes. 
In a June 1st interview at the House Ways and Means Committee, one whistleblower, an unnamed IRS criminal investigator, detailed how Hunter went to great lengths to underreport his income and avoid paying $106,000 in taxes, including by writing off his sex escapades as business expenses. The whistleblower said some of the items he deducted were personal Mosho employees. He deducted payments that were made to who he called his West Coast assistant, but she was essentially a prostitute. Apparently, he also expensed flights for prostitutes. Shapley said there were multiple examples of prostitution that were ordered, basically. We have all the communications between that where he would pay for these, these prostitutes, would book them a flight where even the flight ticket showed their name, and then he expensed those. Also, Hunter expensed a deposit for an elite LA sex club membership, listing it as a golf membership at the time, which is a hell of a way to expense a, a sex club membership. By the way, that would be the same sex club in LA that actually tossed Hunter out on his ear because he was grabbing women's asses and acting like a spoiled child. So does this seem like a cover-up? Hell yes, it seems like a cover-up. I mean, at the very least, that text is, is devastating. That text from Hunter Biden saying, I'm sitting next to daddy, pay up or, hunt, or my daddy's going to do something to you. That's insane. And it means that Joe's been lying this whole time. I don't know about Hunter's business. Act I have nothing to do with Hunter's business activities. It's just terrible. So yesterday, and Joe Biden uh, was doing a presser not really a presser because that would require him to, to actually answer non-prescripted questions. Uh, and reporters were asking him about the Hunter Biden stuff and he just blew it off. $369 billion, $369 billion to deal with the climate crisis. And we're doing it extensively now. And I think you're going to see significant progress. Thank you all very, very much. Just walk away, man. Just walk or stumble away, as the case may be. But the good news is that Joe thinks that Hunter's doing well. He was asked yesterday how Hunter was doing. He had a big old Joker grin and a thumbs up. Amazing. By the way, how shameless is Joe Biden? There was a state dinner last night with, with the leadership of India. Who was invited? Mr. Hunter Biden and Miss Melissa Cohen Biden. Who else was invited? James Biden and Miss Sarah Biden, Miss Ashley Biden and Miss Seema Sanandan, and Miss Naomi Biden Neal and Mr. Peter Neal. Wow. What, what, a, what a guest list. Hunter was hanging around at the White House yesterday. Amazing stuff. Just truly astonishing and, uh, and world, world shaking non corruption from the president of the United States in the middle of one of the worst emerging corruption scandals <laughs> that I have ever seen. Remember, this guy ran on the basis that he was going to clean up the office. He was going to return honors to the office. Donald Trump was a Russian stooge involved in payoffs. And how dare you ask me about my son, Hunter? My son, Hunter, the smartest man I know. Clean as the driven snow, the smartest person, wisest, most moral. I know nothing about his business dealing, said Joe Biden. While Hunter sat next to him, typing out messages to Chinese oligarchs. Whew. Well, if, if the Republicans, the congressional Republicans don't now subpoena pretty much everyone in law enforcement, I don't know what the hell they're doing or what they think their role is in Congress. OK, in just one second, we'll get to the 2024 Republican side of the ledger. First, let's talk about a simple fact of the matter. You need life insurance. We all need life insurance. You're a person with dependents. That means that, God forbid, something were to happen to you. You need to make sure that your family still has the means to carry on. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 25 bucks per month for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid those unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius licensed agents, they work for you, not the insurance companies, which means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another so you can actually trust their guidance, which is exactly what you're looking for. Again, the responsible thing to do is to get life insurance. Policy Genius helps you do it. There are no added fees. Your personal information remains private. Your loved ones deserve that financial safety net and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save today. Again, that's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. I have lots of life insurance. My business partners have life insurance. You should have life insurance as well. If you have any dependents at all, you need the life insurance and you need the best life insurance. Policy Genius can make it happen for you at the best possible price. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Also, Behold, this is a new product from Jeremy's Razors. And let me introduce you to it because it is magical. This is the Precision 5 Razor. One handle plus one blade cartridge kit. 
for just $14.99. Jeremy's lowest cost for a razor, only for a limited amount of time. It's crafted with a luxurious tungsten handle, five welded steel blades, and a flip-back trimmer for a close, smooth shave around hairlines and hard-to-reach places. Remember, the Precision 5 razor is no ordinary razor. This razor represents the resistance to the woke corporate culture that hates your guts. It is a precision instrument to force woke companies to earn back your dollar, but also it's a razor and, and you can shave with it. The Precision 5 starts at $14.99 with a price so low, it has never been easier to stop giving your money to woke corporations that hate your guts. Join the over 125,000 men who've ditched their woke razors and switched on over to Jeremy's. There's never been a better time or a better price. Head on over to jeremysrazors.com today. Okay, meanwhile, well, Joe Biden continues to be not only corrupt apparently, or at least possibly, but also incredibly confused. So yesterday, he just continues to show that this is a person who does not have higher brain function. He was doing an event with uh, Modi, who is the leader of, of India, and he's getting ripped up and down by members of the media for being nice to Modi, because of course, Modi is considered authoritarian, despite the fact that uh, Modi has been elected multiple times. In any case, uh, in the middle of this event, they start playing the Indian national anthem and Joe Biden puts his hand on his heart and then he slowly realizes they are not playing the American national anthem and lowers it because, again, he's a, a very he's the smartest president we have ever had. If by smartest, I mean like a brick of a human being. Here we go. Oopsie. I'm glad that he's now loyal to India. That's interesting. Uh-oh. Joe Biden's like, uh... And he's like, he's realizing what's happening. <laughs> I like how slowly the hand lowers. He doesn't immediately, like, take it down. He's like, oh... No. It's like the, the, the Homer Simpson backing into the bushes right there. It's, that's, that's strong stuff there from the President of the United States. Apparently, Joe is now not only confusing himself, he's also confusing Jill. So yesterday, Jill had no idea where to go because Joe just wouldn't let go of of Modi's hand. And she's like, what, what's happening right now? They were, they were on the red carpet out in front of the white house. It was, it was weird. Jill is like, I'm going to come over and I'm going to help guide the president. And then <laughs> Joe's barely staggering forward. I mean, he can't walk guys. It's really sad. I mean, he can't walk. And Jill is like, where am I supposed to go? She thought she was supposed to come and, uh, you know, hold Joe's hand as they went down the red carpet and he would let go of Modi's hand. But instead, apparently he wanted to hold hands with Modi, which is super weird. And uh, so she goes around the other side and now she's holding hands with Modi. Joe Biden's confusion is apparently contagious. But again, the best life insurance policy for Joe Biden is the fact that his vice president is Kamala Harris, legitimately the worst politician who has ever graced mankind. Uh, yesterday, she told us a riveting tale about two frogs. Now, what she means here is not a story about two frogs, but she doesn't, it's just, it's, it's so bad. She, she's going for the metaphor, the oft-used, I would say overused metaphor about politics that if you boil water and toss a frog in, it will jump out. But the best way to acclimate people to bad things is to gradually turn up the temperature of the water and then the frog won't jump and then it will be boiled. Apparently not physically true, actually. But Kamala Harris told the story a different way because she is just terrible at this. Um, I think of those two frogs, you know, the two frogs in the two pots. So <laughs> for, your, for your listeners, here it goes. So there are two pots of water so funny. and two frogs. She's so excited And in about one pot, you put the frog in the water and you slowly turn up the heat. And that frog's just hanging out as the heat just slowly gets hotter to the mm. point that that water starts to boil and that frog perishes. In the other pot of water, you first turn up the heat real high the water's boiling, you drop that frog in, he'll jump right out. Mm. The lesson there, as far as I'm concerned, don't be that first frog. Oh, as far as she's concerned, is the is that that's the that's the lesson, is it? I like when she says perfectly obvious things as though they are revelations. It's one of my favorite things that, that Kamala Harris does. She'd be like, you know, you know, like two, two plus two. Some people say, and I agree that, that it equals that it equals four. That's what <laughs> oh boy that's why joe biden is still president because i mean again everyone thought it was weird that he picked kamala and uh, now we all know why and that's because everyone is rooting for joe biden to live just so that kamala harris does not become president of the united states now as i've said 1000 times and will continue to say 
2024 is a target-rich environment for Republicans. It should be a very good year for Republicans. Joe Biden is a very bad president. He's harming us on foreign policy. He's harming us on domestic policy. And now it turns out he may, in fact, have been involved in deep and overt corruption that if it's proved that Joe Biden used his office to essentially raise money for himself via his son, Hunter, that's impeachable stuff. And he will get impeached in the House of Representatives. So now would be like a great time to shift attention to Joe Biden. Or, or we could talk about Donald Trump. And this is going to be a decision for Republicans because what Donald Trump does on a daily basis is not talk about Joe Biden. What Donald Trump does on a daily basis is focus bizarrely on himself. Yesterday, for example, he released a very weird video. Like, I don't know who, who makes the decision to release this video, but he releases a video talking about why he is mean to his opponents, like his Republican opponents. And I, it's, it's, I, here we go. Many say don't punch down when talking about people like Chris Sununu or sloppy Chris Christie or Ada Hutchinson. I call him Ada, not Asa, because of certain reasons or others. But sometimes it's necessary to talk badly about those that, for no reason other than politics, speak badly about you. Otherwise, the people that love you don't know whether or not they're for real. Are they saying the truth? They're not. So sometimes you have to punch down and you have to say what's happening. Otherwise, they won't understand. It's not fair to them. You have to put them in proper perspective, these bad people. You have to put them in their place. Okay, and then they, the, the Trump war room tweeted out, you have to put them in their place. By calling him Ada, there are reasons I, call, I won't disclose why we call him Ada. I mean, I feel kind of curious. Why are you calling him Ada? <laughs> Seems like a fair question. Why are we focusing on this? And then Trump also ranted at Ron DeSantis, his leading political opponent inside the Republican Party, and he called him a loser. This kind of stuff is just galling. I don't think it plays well. Even for people who like Trump, I don't think it plays well. The reason it doesn't play well is because Ron DeSantis is not the enemy. Joe Biden, when it comes to politics, is your political opponent. Joe Biden is the person that you presumably are running against. And yeah, you're running against DeSantis in the primary, but you have an overwhelming advantage. So why don't you aim your fire against the people who actually are destroying the country, not the person who actually is doing a really good job in Florida you just want to beat in a primary. But instead, he, he's just, now he's overtly lying about DeSantis, which is truly pretty despicable. And he's saying things like, he, he says that Ron DeSantis, he, they called him Lockdown Ron in an ad. I'm sorry, the, the gaslighting is just, it's beyond, it's beyond. And you can be a fan of Trump and still acknowledge that the gaslighting is kind of crazy. And then he calls Ron DeSantis a loser. Now, I'd just like to point out at this point, we'll, we'll play the video first, and then I will comment on the accusation that Ron DeSantis is a loser. The very stupid and little respected China-loving club for no growth, which has been backing Ron DeSantis as his poll numbers have been absolutely crashing has just spent some of the rhino money they have accumulated on an ad campaign, hoping to counter the fact that DeSantis, just off the worst presidential launch in history, opted three times to cut and destroy Social Security, even lifting the minimum age to 70 years old. He also voted to cut Medicare and institute a 23 percent national sales tax which will hit our country hard. Ron has always been a loser. In fact, he was going to lose the election in record numbers until I endorsed him. Ron has always been a loser. Okay, there are a lot of things that can be said about Ron DeSantis. And it's interesting that Trump keeps running at him from the left on entitlement reform. You know, Captain Fiscal Responsibility over here running directly against fiscal responsibility. Fair enough. Donald Trump's been doing that for literally his entire political career. But attacking DeSantis as a loser is obviously gaslighting. To put this in perspective, Ron DeSantis has never lost a political race. Never. Okay, he won in 2012 in Congress. He won in 2014 in Congress. He won in 2016 in Congress. He won in 2018 for the governorship. And then he won overwhelmingly by 20 points in his reelect effort in 2022 in Florida. So you'd have to have a different definition of loser than losing. But that, that's fair because Donald Trump obviously does have a different definition than losing because he has lost elections. And yet he apparently is a winner. Apparently, you're a loser if you win every election that you've ever stood for, but you are a you are a winner if you lose to a dead person, Joe Biden, in the last electoral cycle. You're also a winner if you then proceed to lose two winnable Senate races in Georgia for your party. 
in 2021. You're also a winner if you then proceed to lose a wide variety, a smorgasbord, a veritable smorgasbord of winnable Senate races because you endorsed a bunch of lackluster and garbage candidates in the 2022 Senate races. You're still a winner because these terms are all malleable. And it just comes down to, you know, for, for Donald Trump, the terms mean what Donald Trump wants them to mean in the moment. Now, Again, I think that a large part of this is his appeal to his constituents. People who love Donald Trump, they're like, well, if he can craft and bend reality to his whim, if it is not the spoon that is bending, it is you. If that's the way that Donald Trump sees the world and he's able to impose his will on others, then great, because he'll do that for us. Okay, fine. But that requires him to win elections. Yesterday, Donald Trump was asked about ballot harvesting. And you know what his answer was? His answer was, we don't need to ballot harvest. That's idiotic. I'm sorry, there's no other way to put that. It is a stupid idea to say this. This, It's just as stupid as saying in 2020 that his followers should not send in mail-in ballots. It's, if you want him to win, it's the most stupid thing. Ron DeSantis says, I don't like ballot harvesting, but where it's legal, we are going to do it because we wish to win. So which is a better strategy? Your opponent's ballot harvest and you sit home and whine about it on Truth Social, or you also do the work of ballot harvesting and you win occasionally. I mean, I can't think of a dumber strategic move than saying to your own voters, don't vote mail-in ballot. Instead, stay home and maybe forget to go to the polls on Election Day out of some sort of misguided principle. What, what is that? And it just demonstrates that there's no plan. I've asked this question a thousand times, and I'll continue to ask it. Donald Trump says that he was robbed of the 2020 election, that he actually won the 2020 election he did not lose, which is, I guess, how he continues to define himself as a winner after, again, losing to a corpse. But... Let's assume all that's true. What is his plan for reversing that result in 2024? Does he have a plan? I've seen no plan. To my, to my understanding, he has spent not one dime on an actual ground game for 2024. To my understanding, he has spent more money attacking his fellow Republican candidates than, it, than he spent on any of the Senate candidates during the 2022 election cycle. What is his plan to overcome the obstacle he says is greater than any obstacle faced by any presidential candidate in history? He says the entire system is rigged against him. So what's his plan to defeat it? I'm not seeing it. Are you other than apparently yelling at, at Ron DeSantis and then hoping against hope that something magical happens, I suppose. DeSantis, for his part, is not standing still for this. He was asked yesterday about whether he would vote for his political opponent, Donald Trump, if Donald Trump were to become the nominee. And I, I have to say, the double standard here is astonishing. Donald Trump has spent three election cycles now saying that if somebody else from the Republican Party were nominated, he would not endorse. In 2016, he was asked specifically, will you actually vote for and endorse another candidate if that person beats you in a primary. And Trump said, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm just not going to. DeSantis has asked that question and uh, he doesn't answer the question. Instead, he answers a different question. And the Trump fans are like, how dare he say this? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe he's saying the exact same thing your guy is saying. Anyway, here was DeSantis. When you are saying that Cuomo did better on COVID than Florida did, you are revealing yourself to just be full of it. Nobody believes that. And you know why? And you know why I know that? Because I remember in 2020 and 2021 when he was praising Florida for being open, saying we did it much better than New York and Michigan and everyone was coming to Florida and that we were one of the great governors in the United States. And he used to say that all the time Now, all of a sudden, his tune is changing. And I would just tell people, do you find it credible? Do you honestly find it credible? Would you have rather been in New York during COVID under Cuomo regime? Or would you rather have been in the free state of Florida? Again, you can vote for Trump. You can like Trump. That's fine. But to pretend that Trump is being honest in this campaign is not true. He, He just is not. Alrighty, time for some things I like and some things that I hate. So things that I like today, I feel like, a good kind of uplifting weekend read for you. So obviously, as you can tell by the strange hat that I wear on my head, I'm not a Christian. That does not mean that Christian apologetic literature isn't absolutely fantastic from time to time. Uh, I think that a lot of the arguments that are applicable to Christian apologetics are applicable to religious apologetics generally. It's why I'm a huge fan of C.S. Lewis. Well, perhaps the best Christian apologist is actually not even C.S. Lewis. I love C.S. Lewis, but perhaps the best Christian apologist is actually G.K. Chesterton. So I've been reading over again, Orthodoxy, which is a spectacular book. And Chesterton, he is amazingly pithy, great metaphorical use, terrific turns of phrase, and tremendous insight. I just want to read you a couple of quotes from from G.K. Chesterton. You've heard me cite him before in the context of another one of his essays where he talks about the difference between people who are conservative and, and people who are liberal, where he talks about a man who comes across a fence in a forest and he doesn't know 
whether what's why the fence is there. If you're a liberal, you immediately uproot the fence. If you're a conservative, you say, I'm going to go find out why the fence is there. And then maybe after I know, then I'll uproot the fence. Chesterton's orthodoxy is a, is a great attack on scientific materialism. It is also a tremendous and uplifting read about the power of religion and organized religion. He says, quote, we are on the road to producing a race of men too mentally modest to believe in the multiplication table. By the way, this is in the very, very early 20th century. He's like 100 years ahead of his time. We are on the road to producing a race of men too mentally modest to believe in the multiplication table. We are in danger of seeing philosophers who doubt the law of gravity as being a mere fancy of their own. Scoffers of old time were too proud to be convinced, but these are too humble to be convinced. The meek do inherit the earth, but the modern skeptics are too meek to even claim their inheritance. That he's saying there is essentially scientific materialism robs people of the power of thought. Because once you say that we're basically meatballs wandering through space, then what access do we have to truth? Everything just becomes a matter of perception and opinion. He points out about morality, another quote from this, which I think is just a brilliant and wonderful quote that people don't think about enough. Morality did not begin by one man saying to another, I will not hit you if you do not hit me. There is no trace of such a transaction. There is a trace of both men having said, we must not hit each other in the holy place. They gained their morality by guarding their religion, by guarding their religion. They did not cultivate courage. They fought for the shrine and found they had become courageous. They did not cultivate cleanliness. They purified themselves for the altar and found that they were clean. Now, again, the, the reason I say there's crossover between G.K. Chesterton's writing and other religions is because this is obviously very present in the ideas of Judaism as well. The idea is that the way that you become clean is by practicing the things that eventually lead to cleanliness. Right? The, the, the way that you become a virtuous person is by practicing things that make you virtuous, and that is attached to obligations. And that is attached to holiness. Right? The magic of the book of Leviticus, which is really boring, it's a very hard slog. The book of Leviticus is all about the altar and sacrifices, and it's really bloody and strange. And when you read it, one of the things you're realizing is that the entire thing is about sanctifying the mundane. Taking the mundane and saying that now... The, the things in life that you think of as sacred, right? the moral precepts that we all think of as sacred, the world is filled with those moral precepts. And the reason that you do the moral precepts is not out of a utilitarian calculation. It's because you are, it is demanded of you that you be holy. The same force that leads you to bring a sacrifice in the temple is the same force that says, thou shalt not kill. You have to link the holiness with the moral. And when you do that, something magic happens. The book is Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. Sounds a lot, by the way, like Jordan Peterson. If you like Jordan's work, you should really enjoy G.K. Chesterton as well, up to and including Jordan's analysis of fairy tales, which appears in, in Orthodoxy as well. Definitely worth the read. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Oh, Demi Lovato. So Demi Lovato, who has alternatively been a she and then a they them, and now she's back to being a she because she said it was exhausting to be a they them. Yeah, Demi, try being us trying to follow, you know, your insane permutations of pronouns. Well, she is now in order to shore up her left-wing credibility, which apparently she needs to do like every five minutes. So she released an entire album about, you know, sex being transgressive, which has been absolutely shocking and transgressive since 1980 when Madonna made her debut. Um, well, now she has a surprise new single. It is titled Swine, and it was made specifically to promote abortion. You got to promote abortion. She said, I created Swine to amplify the voices of those who advocate for choice and bodily autonomy. So uh, here is some of the music video for Swine by Demi Lovato. Yeah, this is it's, and, and of course she's she's standing on a um, on like being she's going to be burned at the stake. She's, so, so basically, she's saying she's she's swine just to get this argument straight. She's swine unless you allow her to be absolutely promiscuous and kill the baby that is produced, right? So, so what makes her human is actually the thing that makes her most animal. Okay, just take just to actually understand the perverse logic here. The perverse logic is. That being human is not about elevating yourself and taking into yourself the level of divine holiness that morality represents, including, you know, guarding the human baby inside you. That's not holy. That makes you an animal. What makes you truly a human being is to act like a pig, which is to say to run around in filth and garbage and then to externalize all of the consequences by killing the resulting product. 
If you couldn't actually hear the lyrics there because it's very difficult because she's just screaming them into camera. It is, God forbid I want to suck whatever the F I want to. God forbid I want to F whoever the F I want. And if he comes, I guess I got to be a mother. F what I think. I don't know a thing. The government knows my body. It's okay. It's better this way. I'm only a carbon copy. Even if I'm dying, they'll still try to stop me, which again, a lie. Okay, every single pro-life law on the books in the United States has an exception for the life of the mother. Every single one, every one. And then she says, do we even hear ourselves? My life, my voice, my rights, my choice. Well, I mean, it's mine or I'm just swine. My blood, my loins, my lungs, my noise. It's mine or I'm just swine. Again, the, the idea is that what makes her human is acting like an animal. And what makes you and what makes you an animal is acting like a person with moral responsibility. The, the complete inversion here, the complete paganistic inversion is insane. And it is representative of a shift in the secular morality that has taken over the country. In the 1990s, at least the left had the temerity to say safe, legal, and rare. That abortion, what they would say was tragic. It was, it was a problem. We had to minimize it as much as possible. But there were certain circumstances in which you wouldn't want somebody to have to have a baby. Right? That was the argument of the left in the 90s. Now it is. The thing that makes me most human, the thing that makes me most authentic, is having sex with as many people as humanly possible, producing a child, and then killing it. That's what human sacrifice is what makes you the most human. That's the thing that makes you the most human. And to deny you that makes you into an animal. It makes you swine. And, uh, and then she continues. Picture your faith. Imagine your God and even your holy Bible is suddenly banned. Do you understand? I mean, so I, I do understand that considering that we are now in the greatest of all months, Pride Month, in, in which basically religion is banned from the public square and we're all forced to honor and bow to the great pride progress flag in substitution for the American flag. So yes, picture your, I mean, if Demi Lovato and her ilk had their way, religious Americans would literally be forced to perform same-sex marriages in churches and would be forced to bake cakes for transgender identity parties. So yes, I yes, actually. Picture your faith. Imagine your God and even your holy Bible is suddenly banned. Do you understand? Now, doesn't that sound entitled? It's your book, but it's my survival. It's, it's your survival? Unless you, unless you kill a baby growing inside you, it's, it's your survival. Uh, it seems to me that actually the survival of humanity relies on you not killing the baby inside of you. This notion that, that birth is some sort of weird thing that happens to ladies is so, it's so disconnected from reality. It's disconnected from nature. It's disconnected from everything. It's the idea that the true you is this disembodied spirit that has nothing to do with the body that you inhabit and you have no responsibility or morality in the real world. It's an amazing thing. It's, it's, it's your book, but it's my survival. Um, people don't want you to not kill the baby because of the book. They don't want you to kill a baby because killing babies is bad. Now, I would make the case that the book makes a pretty good argument for that. Because again, attaching morality to holiness is a great way of enshrining that morality beyond question. But it turns out that the arguments on the pro-life side of the aisle are typically not with reference to the book of Psalms. It's typically just, that's a baby, don't kill it. We got to grow them. We got to raise them. We got to feed and bathe them. And if you won't, they'll call you a witch to burn at the stake in Salem. Thought by now they changed, but we're still waiting, she says. Um, so I, I, you got to love the juxtaposition. We got to grow them. We got to raise them. We got to feed and bathe them. If you won't, they'll call you a witch to burn at the stake. I love that. So your false dichotomy is that you have to raise all these kids and you have to birth them or we will kill you. Okay, so just to point out, one, you're, you're sort of speculating the possibility of a punishment. The other, you're killing the child. Like, you, I'll give you the countervailing point of view, like just the contrapositive of what you are arguing here. What you are arguing is basically you should be allowed to kill a kid because you don't want to grow them, raise them, or feed and bathe them, which makes you a bad person. I'm sorry, it makes you a terrible, terrible human because you're not doing this in the name of your own health. You're not doing this in the name of your life is at risk. You're doing this because you want to F who you want to F. So, I mean, points to Demi Lovato for just saying the quiet part out loud here undercompensated, too domesticated, the F, underestimated, overregulated, the F. First of all, the only regulations that Demi Lovato has ever been against are ones that actually preserve human life. Under-celebrated, hate-dominated, the F, were infuriated, got us activated, get up, ever-dedicated, newly motivated, and if you're awake, I'm so glad you made it. So, um, again, it, it is, the, the gaslighting and inversion here is truly insane. She says, quote, I want this song to empower not only the birthing people of this country, She's beyond parody. She really is. The birthing people, you mean women. You mean women? Because nothing empowers women like calling them birthing people. Amazing. But everyone who stands up for equality to embrace their agency and fight for a world where every person's right to make decisions about their own body is honored, unless you don't want to get a vaccine, in which case we are going to throw you out of your job. 
just, uh, what what a what a disgusting human being Demi Lovato has become. I mean, honestly, I used to feel bad for Demi Lovato because Demi Lovato is clearly a deeply troubled human being. There's she did a reality show where she talks to feminist ghosts who have been abused by men or something. So clearly, as a person with serious tr- problems, but when you start actually promulgating evil, and it is it is promulgating evil to suggest that the height of human authenticity and achievement is killing the baby inside you and screwing whoever you want. That is a terrible moral message. It is the opposite of morality. Man, it, again, at least at least they're saying the quiet part out loud now. It was never about safe, legal, and rare. It was always about shout your abortion because what makes you truly authentically human is acting as animalistically as humanly possible without any consequence. All righty, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be joined by Ian Rowe, senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute to talk about the destruction of American education. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. <laughs> 